I know it can be really hard to be expressive in your emotions without feeling like you are emotional. Because for some reason, we do have a bad connotation for that. We have like being emotional gets a bad rep because I've been, you know how many times I've been told I was emotional in a way that makes me feel like you are racist. You know what I mean? You are emotional. You're like, wait, what? You're like, what does that mean? Yeah. And it like after a certain amount of times of hearing that, you just kind of take it in and try to like adjust yourself so that you don't show up as so emotional or, or so you're so sensitive. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, ain't we all? We are. Aren't we all sensitive? Because we're, we're sure the hell are all insecure. So when for you to like call people out for being sensitive, I always feel so like, why would you do that? I think it's a glorious thing to feel. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Normalize This, the show where we discuss whether or not ideas, trends, and behaviors should be normalized in everyday society. My -hmm. name is Adam Rippon. And I am Danielle Young of Society. (laughs) (laughs) And Danielle, today we're going to discuss emotional men. What are your initial thoughts? You know, um, emotional men? No. Emotionally available men? Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, you know what yeah I, mean? I think if you're too emotional, it means that you haven't regulated your emotions. Yeah, and I don't have time to do it for you. No. So don't ask. No, don't tell. <laughs> and I won't tell you anything. <laughs> but before we get into that <laughs> heavy topic that we are clearly going to drag mm-hmm. around on this episode. As we do. You got to know that Keep It or Curb It is coming. That's a, me and yes. Adam's favorite segment where we decide what we love and cherish and what we hate completely and do mm-hmm. not want to ever see again. Yes, mm-hmm. completely. How much we completely hate it. Like, really, it's pretty much up to us whether it survives. Right. Or we completely love it and it does survive. It thrives even. It thrives. It's survival and thrival is up to us. Right. <laughs> but before any of those items, mm-hmm. Adam. Yes. Do you have any... Fun facts to tell the people about you. A fun fact about me is that I don't have one. No, Danielle. No, I can't think. of Okay, I have a fun fact is I I learned how to make a matcha tea latte at home. So that's not fun. Fun for me, not for you or the story or the podcast. Mm, I guess that's cute. I make a dirty chai at home that I love making. Adam, I'm going to give you a fun fact. Okay, please that save me. That is indeed fun and factual. Okay. My trip to Hawaii, wow. which I will be going to and with, <laughs> kind of with, in addition to, adjacently with the person who I mentioned a while ago on our normalizing therapy episode where someone romantically slid into my DMs. Wait, shut up. Really? Yeah, it's been going really great. And (gasps) he coaches basketball for a team in his hometown and they are taking a trip to Hawaii. And he just mentioned it. And I was like, I totally want to go to Hawaii. And he was like, you should come. Wait, I I love that. Wait, I'm so excited for you. Yeah, I'm just going to go and hang out. It's not going to be too crazy because obviously he's going to be working and whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, 
Yeah. Wait, Danielle. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> he, 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 I think I'm, I feel like I'm being coy about this, but I'm, I'm really excited. I am being so coy about it. I'm trying because I was like, did you really just book this girl? Like, are you really yeah. serious? But you know what? I made a promise to myself that I would go away in some form or shape, some shape or form every month, whether God. that be like a weekend or a day trip or whatever. And so for this particular month, it's going to be this trip. So wait, I love Yeah, that. but I'm going to be doing my own thing because obviously God. he's going to be working and all that. So it's not going to be like, oh, I'm just like waiting but you know, yeah, we're going to be at the same place at the same time. Wait, I, I love that. Well, because you are you're a really good solo traveler, as yes. we talked about. So I think um, I full faith in you. I think this is going to be a great trip. I can't wait to hear about it. I agree. I'm excited. Yeah, so am I. I can't <laughs> yes, wait to hear and everything. This is an about emotionally it. available man. So I'm very excited. Yeah. So wait, let's just start digging right in because I think sometimes, like boys and men, are told to kind of block off their emotions and that yeah. there's somehow there's weak there's this weakness behind it. Yeah, like men don't cry. But also it's more so than men not crying, which I think a lot of the like toxicity of masculinity comes in from that like mm -hmm. just blockage from them crying, but also just expressing any type of emotion. You know, extreme glee, joy, uh frustration, all of that. Like I don't think you know, especially when it comes to black men. I feel like it comes from a place of not wanting to be perceived as as weak. Are there somehow this correlation between emotion and being less than of somebody who can, quote unquote, like keep them in check? Maybe. I think it's a, a fear. Yeah. I think I it's mean, just a fear, like this idea of masculinity that we have. In, ingrained in us is strength and power and all these things it's hardly ever emotionally intelligent you know mm -hmm. what i mean it's like when you ask somebody to talk about masculinity or a man no matter who you're talking about most of the time no one's bringing that up except nowadays maybe you know like me i'm like no i want somebody emotionally available yeah i think that like masculinity is so tied up in the in the the perception of like what how we've seen it always but like i definitely like when finding a partner or like dating people it was so important to me that i was with somebody who like was emotionally one available and was able to like process different things that would come up that come up in relationships different like little disagreements or mm -hmm. when you when something's not always perfect right that if you're not able to regulate your emotions if you're not able to talk them out or process them it, that's i really feel like when it starts to become like there's this aggression behind things not going somebody's way or like this being stunted as a child emotionally because you've never worked through them. Right. Do you think men actually had their emotions as a man? Do you have your emotions? You know, I think that like this toxic masculinity culture kind of is in sports because like, I mean, there's this misogyny within sports as well of like, hey, don't, th you know, throw like a girl is bad when, you know, yeah. there are girls who throw incredibly well and better than most men. So I think that like, there is this like, hey, man up, toughen up, that there is this sort of, you're, it's promoted that like you don't, you want to be strong and somebody who's strong, like doesn't crack or they don't feel like, 
the the ups and downs. So do you hide your emotions? <laughs> right. Am I skirting around the question? <laughs> um, yeah, I do sometimes, but it's because Honestly, it's I hide like my own. Yeah, I hide them, and it's like I think from years of trying to come off as strong or like yeah. brave that like I don't do it on purpose anymore. And sometimes it takes a little like coaxing of a conversation for me to like put the barrier down and go, oh, yeah, that actually did make me upset or like I wasn't feeling mm-hmm. good about that. And so, yeah, I've I've hid them for a really long time. I still hide them every now and then, but I right. I'm, I don't realize I'm doing it. It's like a trained habit. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I definitely as someone who is not an emotional man. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I am indeed an emotional woman, but I do hide my emotions, which I think is why sometimes I'll be ready and willing to give grace when I'm mm-hmm. dealing with a man, romantically at least, who is emotional. Right. And I have more grace with that than I do the ones that hide their emotion. Totally. Yes. Like I've, you know, I've dealt with, especially dealing with people across the board who don't actually identify as a man or mm-hmm. you know they identify non-binary i i just have a more of a heart for their emotions and honestly in my experience they've been a lot more raw mm-hmm. and understandable but it's like being in a relationship with that and having to process my own emotions and own feelings it can be a labor you oh, know yeah. what i mean and i think that's sometimes Maybe what goes through a man's mind is that they don't want to be a labor, you know? And so maybe Mm -hmm. they don't want to share certain emotions. But have you ever tried to get somebody to open up who wasn't? You know, uh, even your family members, because, you know, like older men. Yeah. Uh, You know, honestly, to those like relationships that I've had with like different members of my family who are like, you know, uncles or whatever. It just, it closed me off from ever having a real relationship with them. I would say that like the hiding of emotions is something that I learned through like just my own real world experience. It wasn't something that like was instilled in me at home because my mom was always like, you know, talk it out, like wanting to like me to explain how I was feeling, which is amazing. It was like, as I got older, it became something that like I started to do on my own because of like the situations that I was in. Yeah. And I think that I feel really badly for the young kid whose dad is like, doesn't show the son affection to like toughen him up. Because I think what ends up happening of these like little kind of passive aggressive things to do to like young boys ends up instilling in them always searching for some sort of like affection or that they can express it. Like, I don't know. I think it really stunts the growth of a person. And to the people who in my life who were older than me, who I felt that like stunted growth, it just made me not want to open up to them because it felt like they wouldn't understand where I was coming from. Or And I just, I don't know. I just, yeah. It stopped me from having probably good relationships. Oh, of course it does. Because emotion emotions are just vulnerability. And honestly, yes. the vulnerability is the thing that any relationship is made of. It's the thing that bonds you. It's the thing that keeps you in a in the, in that type of exchange. And I think it's really hard when you're dealing with people 
who don't want to tap into their actual emotions because you're dealing with, to me, it feels like a blockage, a frustration. It feels like, you know a what I mean? Like a frustration. Uh, yeah, like a, uh, what do you call that? Like misdirected anger or... Yeah. And I... In the midst of it, it's hard to deal with because you're just thinking, oh, I don't, this person's just not nice or they don't understand me. Right. And honestly, they're battling their own ish. So I know I have lost several relationships or have left several relationships over people not being emotionally available to me, but also vice versa of me shutting down. And that's why, like, in dealing with this person, like, he's really shown me patience and kindness about mm-hmm. my own emotional, like, I will withdraw. Right. Like that Homer Simpson gif, we we laugh about it a lot because yeah, that is me. Oh, totally. Nine me too. times out of ten, and he'll be <laughs> like, "Listen, You're he'll Homer. be like, listen, I'll, I'll share right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'll share first, yell. and I'm like, I'm comfortable, and I would love to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he'll be like, yeah, I'll share first so that you don't feel so out there. But I told him I was like, yo, that's crazy because that's just like the extra added layer of like care that I need from someone not mm-hmm. to be mad at me that I clam up or, or like I'll just be like oh I don't know <laughs> right yeah I you know. know what I mean like because I'm just like freaking out or something I don't know but it's like I need someone to understand that like even if it's a family member like my mom she's very understanding and patient so like, oh no I understand I understand just let me know and I'm like yeah that's that's helpful for someone whose emotions kind of intimidate them sometimes. Right. And, you know, another thing is like when people aren't emotionally available or they have this like, you know, perceived strength from being emotionless. Mm-hmm. I feel like when they get to a point where like there there might be things that are aggravating them or things aren't going their way, that the repressed emotions are going to like hinder them in making rash decisions. Yeah. So. People who are really closed off to their emotions, I don't really like trust them like when it's like fight or flight because yeah. I don't think they're in the right frame of mind because they don't know what their frame of mind is. <laughs> there, there's so much uh, energy to to not feel than it is to feel. And it also extends this like awful feeling of like, I remember that I was like, I never cried. And I would say I cry maybe like once every maybe Two weeks, once a month. Hmm, that sounds um, healthy. Which is feels so good. And sometimes it's about nothing. Actually, I'd say 99% of the time it's about nothing. But it's just like this release of like, I've built up stress and I don't know, you know, I haven't processed everything all the way through. Right. But that cry just kind of helps me just release that stress. And I think exactly. it's so, yeah, it's so important. It is. It is. It's like the release of emotions can be very dramatic because of the, the because of them having been pent up, which I think mm-hmm. can intimidate a lot of folks. And emotions are not effeminate in no. any way, shape, or form. And I think it's like I even like I, I think I was saying earlier, just like the expression of extreme glee, like that's still emotional. Like I would love to be able to. You remember when we talked about like how I went on that solo vacation and I stayed at the Viceroy, yes. and I was in the room literally crying as the as the guy was dropping my bags. Mm-hmm. Do you know like how amazing that would be to see a man do that same thing if he was overwhelmed by 
the emotion of being able to like be in a space like that. And I think so many people would probably be turned off by that expression of emotion and glee and joy. Right. But I like, I look for that. Yeah. I mean, I do too, because it means that you're like, you're fully present because you can't be fully present if you're worried about how you're being perceived. Because it's also this like fear of perception. It's not like not feeling anything like makes me feel better. It doesn't. But like repressing that in front of people specifically is a practice that like you've repeated that now when you're on your own, you also can't feel those emotions. And so you feel void of them. And there's this like subconscious of you that's telling you not to feel. So you're battling that and you're not fully present in what's happening. You're fully present in that hotel room when you're crying because you're taking (laughs) it all in, right? Yeah. And you remember how like when you were a kid, they are so emotionally unfiltered. Mm -hmm. Like if they are upset, they will cry out. They will scream. They will, you know, if they are excited, they are just laughing. Their mouth fully open. Like kids are just like expressions of just emotion at all times. And like somewhere along the way, we kind of lose it. Mm -hmm. Or like to your point earlier in the episode, like a lot of men aren't like as little boys are taught to ignore it or to not behave that way. And so it's just like, dang, we do get to be like, we go so far away from expression the older right. we get sometimes. Which doesn't, it doesn't make sense because it no. feels like as you get to know yourself more, I mean, it's, it's, it makes total sense because it's something that we all do, but it's the, it's, I think all rooted in this like fear of perception of like, what are they going to yeah, think of me? Yeah, because when is, when is the last time that you were so supremely frustrated that you screamed out and cried. You know what I mean? Like, maybe you Mm -hmm. shed a tear. Maybe you just, you know, got upset or whatever, clenched your fist, but, like, screamed. (laughs) Right. Like the way a kid would if -hmm. you took away, you know, his iPad. Right. I want to, that makes me want to scream right now. Maybe not for them because they're not thinking about it. But if, for us, it's, it's satisfying. Right. No, it can be really satisfying. Yes. But it could also be perceived as emotional. You know what I mean? To carry that type of stuff around and to like let that go in that way and to be that open. I think another thing like which is I think the scariest part of these like repressed emotions is that I think especially men create these coping mechanisms of how to deal with their emotions that aren't emotional. And sometimes it can be like really like aggressive, mean comments to certain people. So because because there's no way that you can repress it forever and bottle it up. It has to come out somehow and it can come out as something that's violent. It can come out as something that's like just mean. That is real. Um, And or or putting people down like depression, anxiety, wanting to take your own life. This stuff happens. From not feeling, you know what I mean? From not being able to properly express or properly process certain things and it just it blocks you off from having like meaningful relationships too because i think like if you've repressed your emotions you're certain you're set and how this should go and if somebody's feeling a certain way and they bring it up to you and that doesn't align with how you process your own emotions which is not at all there becomes this riff where it's like i this is the way that it is it's this way sorry like i'm exactly exactly but it's like listen I know it can be really hard to be emotion, like to be expressive in your emotions without 
feeling like you are emotional. Because for some reason, we do have a bad connotation for that. We have like being emotional gets a bad rep because I've been, you know, how many times I've been told I was emotional in a way that makes me feel like you are racist. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You are emotional. You're like, wait, what? You're like, what does that mean? And I've tried, yeah. And it like after a certain amount of times of hearing that, you just kind of take it in and try to like adjust yourself so that you don't show up as so emotional or, or so you're so sensitive. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, ain't we all sensitive? Right. We are. Aren't we all sensitive? Because we're, we're sure the hell are all insecure. So when for you to like call people out for being sensitive, I always feel so like, why would you do that? I think it's a glorious thing to feel. <laughs> oh, it is. And also to like learn about our emotions, because yeah. sometimes like as I can be really sensitive too. I also like can have a thick skin, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like being sensitive and having a thick skin. It's like, what does that even mean? I think it means just like you both. are able. Yeah, you can have both. And it's also you have tools to see through something and not take things personally because you, you've you like worked through that yourself. Like, that's what it is. Yes. But I want to be able to express when I don't, when I'm, whatever feeling I'm feeling. Right. Without being told that I'm too emotional or too sensitive or whatever. That doesn't make me feel like I want to open up. And, and that's why I end up clamming up sometimes when it becomes, when it's like situations where I need to be uh, vulnerable intimately because I'm like, oh, people call me sensitive. You know what I mean? So it's Yo, like. I totally know what you mean. Because sometimes when, like, if I'm not feeling something, that's when I start to, like, hold everything back. And I think, like, oh, I'm acting normal when really I'm, like, I look like I have something on my mind. But, like, I can't even, like, verbalize it yet because I've put up that, like, wall. Even exactly, I put up my own wall to my own emotions. So I can't even get into them sometimes. Right. (laughs) I feel that so deep. That is, like, the very uh, cyclical combination of, like... You trying to be emotionally mature, but also like, fuck y'all. Right. (laughs) I know. It's like unlearning things that you've worked so hard to like learn that are, you're like, oh, that's not helpful. At all. Coming to you from Marblehead, Massachusetts. Rana Glickman is the Jewish aunt you never knew you always needed. Joined by actor, comedian, and Hollywood heartthrob Brian Safi, the scrumptious duo dispense real advice to real listeners while touching on the events of the day and displaying the exquisite taste and lifestyle that Rana's fans have come to expect. They're not experts, and they're not doctors. They're just people with opinions who happen to be right most of the time. They are accompanied by a star-studded lineup of guests, including Conan O'Brien, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, Darcy Carden, Trixie Mattel, Cody Rigsby, Patton Oswalt, and let's not forget yours truly, not doctor or expert, me, Adam Rippon. I've had the pleasure of appearing on the show twice and giving advice on everything from a klutz boyfriend to a bratty mother to an uncomfortable encounter with an ex. If you need more Brian and Rana, you can join them on their Patreon or catch up with them at their monthly cocktail kiki as part of the Ask Rana Social Club. Visit arsocialclub.com to learn more. Ask Rana is not just a podcast. It's a way of life. Elevate your existence every Tuesday with Ask Rana with Rana and Brian wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) 
Do you think that there are ways that could be effective to communicate emotions without being considered emotional? Well, I think the thing is, is that like when people are perceived as sensitive and one person could be perceived as like super just like stoic in that thing, I think the sensitive person comes off as more sensitive because there's no middle ground for these people to like meet at. And I think like it becomes so frustrating to the both, like both parties in this situation. I really feel that like these conversations of like, how am I feeling being honest about it? I think yeah. that's the, the, it's the honesty with yourself of like, yeah, this doesn't make me feel good. Or I am actually feeling amazing right now and being okay with feeling good too. Yeah. When I have things that are going well, sometimes I will feel <laughs> worse than when they're not because. Oh God, yeah. It's just like this. Um, we sabotage ourselves, and sometimes we like get into these like superstitions of like, if I feel too good, then I'm gonna feel bad. Right. Then the bad is coming, and it's like no. Yeah, and that's also like stunting your own emotions, or not not living in the moment, or not enjoying the successes that come. And I think that like, I think that this younger generation is way more open to talking about their emotions and how they feel. Less of a stigma. Of course. There's a lot of healing here. Yeah, there's a lot of healing here. They have grown weary of the way that things have been kind of status quo for so long. Right. Of, you know, men do not do this. Men have to be this way. And it's like, nah, I'm carrying around too much hurt. These men are dying of all all these heart attacks and things like that. Because they. I feel like, you know, on top of everything that can happen to you, you know, your, your emotions, your your life force, all of that, is, it, it's held in you, in your body. It manifests mm-hmm. in, in different ways. I know that people can't, quote, die of a, quote, unquote, broken heart. But, you know, like the stress and the pain that you do not release is poison to the body. Completely. It's a and manifestation it's, yeah, of, it like, it stays in the body. Up, so yeah. it's, it's so important for you to clear that out, honestly. And it's mm-hmm. just, it should not be a struggle to do so. And it's the whole point of, like, even the most basic of therapies, they're always going to ask you, no matter what you reveal, no matter what you're talking about, how does that make you feel? Mm-hmm. Because that is one of the most important pieces of therapy is that therapist letting you talk about your feelings. Right. That can be a question that you never ask yourself. Yeah, because you're so like, you just... oh, good. I've, it makes me feel good. Right. Uh, okay, so why? <laughs> and it's like, oh my God. I don't know where to go. And it's because I haven't done that. Yeah. And I haven't even considered how something makes me feel. I just know I'm mad. Yeah. And there's, and you haven't processed like, why, like, why are you mad? Like what happened that made you mad? Right. When you ask yourself, it, it sometimes can be really simple. And it's just like, oh, I was just mad because somebody said this, that like, I know they weren't even talking to me or like, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm bringing up like a, a situation that I've that's never happened. And I'm I'm too in deep in this story that I'm telling. That's not <laughs> that's true. Not true. <laughs> right. I'm so like, let's back know, on out of it. Right. Like at that time when someone said something that wasn't even about me. And I'm like, what am I talking about? So I haven't processed that. <laughs> so this is it's time to process Adam's lying and his emotions. Mm-hmm. But what do you think we're normalizing about emotional men? I think for men specifically what we should normalize is that lack of emotions are not a sign of strength 
I feel like it's a real sign of weakness that if you're not able to deal with your own emotions, how can you be able to deal with something that's bigger than yourself? You can't. Exactly. Exactly. And I would like to normalize being freaking sensitive. Stop acting like that's an insult to people because it's not. You're insensitive and cold and you don't know how to express your emotions. Hmm, How about that? Completely. Yes. (laughs) I think you should always you know, be able to express yourself no matter if who it makes uncomfortable or how they feel about it. Get it out. Get yeah. it out. Be sensitive. Who cares? No. And and honestly, that's the thing. Nobody cares. And <laughs> and, and only you should care if, if that you are feeling good because they might think something about you, but then they're so caught up in how other people are perceiving them that they're not giving it really more time than that. So yeah. it's okay. Yeah, go go cry and scream into a pillow. I am going to scream into my microphone right now because (laughs) I'm ready to play Keep It or Curb It, Danielle. I'm ready to play too. Okay, so for you first-time listeners, this is the segment where we take a really good look, a microscopic look. If you will. If you will. And if you want, we're going to do it anyway. So (laughs) this is when we're going to take a good look at new social trends. And we're going to decide if they're worth keeping with a K or curbing with a C. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) In case you didn't know how to spell. Right. I mean, does that begin with a K? You could curb it with a K. Actually, yeah, because you wouldn't keep it. So the K from keep is kicking the C from curb. Exactly. Violence in the alphabet. Okay. I have one that I would like to begin with. Let's do it. Okay. The air mobility startup Archer Aviation and United Airlines are working to bring air taxi service to Chicago by 2025. Okay, Okay. air taxi. All right. The planned service will run between O'Hare International Airport, and it's going to run like via a United Hub, and um, Vertiport, Chicago. So that's a helicopter facility about three miles west of the city south loop. I don't know. That's just for helicopters. Right. Like words are coming out of my mouth and I'm going, I don't, I don't understand this. Tell get to the part where I understand. So hopefully (laughs) this, this could be it. Right. (laughs) So the plan is for United passengers to be able to hop aboard an Archer EV. Sounds like an acronym. EVTOL. Electric vertical takeoff and landing. Oh, because like helicopter. Okay. So it's for a 10 minute cruise to O'Hare. So that's a trip that can take up to 45 minutes depending on the traffic. So these this air taxis. sounds like champagne problems. Yeah, it really does. Right. Because they're, but they're saying the air taxis are cleaner and quieter than traditional helicopters. Okay. I, first of all, Danielle, I'm so out of my depths here. I've never been in a helicopter. I've never thought of taking one as a taxi. <laughs> I, I'm not qualified to answer this. I Also, this is a champagne problem. It's if you've such been a ever, champagne problem. Yeah. If you've ever considered, oh, I wish I could just get a helicopter to bring me and you were being serious. <laughs> I, <laughs> right. I just, I can't. Wait, you're not joking? Oh, okay. Right. Um, so a helicopter. Are we keeping or curbing um, air taxis? Yeah. Okay. I'm curbing it, but I'm, I'm also like, should we do it? Danielle. I'm curbing it because like, who cares about your rich problem of needing 45 minutes versus 10 minutes to get to the airport? Like, stop. Yeah, stop. Curb it. Curb. I'm done. Air taxi? 
No, let's I'll take. take a, I don't even want to take another tax. I don't even want to take a real tax. Right. I'm walking to the airport because I don't have that kind of. <laughs> I'm just playing. Good. Not. Well, let's put this in a bracket that maybe we can understand. Okay. This next keep it or curb it. All right. So imagine you're I'm on imagining. vacation with your friends, mm-hmm. and you've got an Airbnb. Okay, mm-hmm. and it's time to choose the bedrooms of who's staying where. Okay. Okay. But apparently, this tends to unfold in two ways. Okay, one of two mm-hmm. ways. Either a couple gets the biggest room, mm-hmm. we or the person who books the trip in general gets the bigger room, mm-hmm. leaving everybody else to fight over the rest of the room. Mm-hmm. Or it's first come, first served, and no one's talked about it before the trip. You just walk into the house like old school, real world, and you just find your <laughs> find your room. Right. <laughs> Anarchy. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Because anytime I was, I was like, I'm going to be on real world and I am going immediately to find my room. Y'all can right. talk. I'm going to go find the best room. Yes. But either way, when it comes to choosing rooms, both of those ways can be a disaster. And there could be like, during the trip, secret resentment. You know, like there was maybe a, a closet bathtub in one room and somebody mm-hmm. really likes baths and brought bath bombs, but they have a room with the, just the shower. And now, you know, you're just mad at them the whole trip. But instead, there should be maybe agreements beforehand mm-hmm. <laughs> that the person who project managed the trip gets the first pick and then y'all go from there. That way you could put together a group vacation and it can be not crazy when it comes to figuring out everything, Right. Right. Because it can be hard from the dates to the the house itself, to the reservations, to getting, chasing down people who aren't responding on the group text because we all know how that goes down. Mm-hmm. And if you played a more massive role, it's good that you get that choice because basically it's a cost-free way to show appreciation to the person that put everything together, right? right? So Adam, I ask you, are we keeping or curbing whoever makes plans to travel and mm-hmm. executes plans gets first dip? On the rings. I'm going to just, I'm going to lay it all out there for you right now. Yes. I feel like I'm at a point in my life. Single or not. Think about that too. (laughs) Whether you came with your boo or not. I think that I'm at a point in my life where like, if I'm one, I love being home. Okay. I love my home. (laughs) Adam's like, I'm not even going. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I love my home. I love my bed. And if I'm going to go somewhere, I'm not going to go somewhere where I'm going to sleep worse or whatever. So I know that when I go and I'm traveling with friends, I don't care for sharing a room, but like if I'm with my husband, we'll share a bed. And if I'm by myself, I just don't sleep well when somebody else is in the bed, right? Mm. So I'm at a point where it's like, if we're staying somewhere, I need to have my own bed. And I'm sorry, I can't sleep with somebody else. I'm just not going to sleep at all while we're there. I know that. And so I know that like if... Uh, and I also am a believer that like, if we're all going in, let's just split it evenly. I think that like, it's so crazy. And it's so everybody's going to get mad that like, I, I mean, I'm like, this is crazy. Just do whatever you want. When someone's like, okay, I'm going to split it up where it's like, I'll pay more because I did this or you'll pay more because you ended up being in the bigger room. I'm like, we're all staying at the same house. This is, I don't like that. I think that's, I don't know. I just don't, I don't like that. I think everybody should pay something even and I'm not willing to go somewhere where I have to share a bed. That's that's where I'm uh, first going. First of all, um, the, when you were talking about the sharing bed, I was like, what? I know. It's what? too, it's like high school seniors Who's even going doing to, that? Yeah. Well, I have that's, friends that wanted to do that. So, and I went, no, I'm not. Absolutely not. I'm not, not friends no. with, and the friendship was over. 
Because right. who do you, what? I am 40 or 50 now. I can't be sharing a bed if 40 we're not. 40 or 50. You know, pick your poison. <laughs> right. I can't no. share a bed if we're not sharing a bed. No, because I think if you're doing Airbnb, you make sure that everybody's like, what do you, like, what do you want your arrangement to be? And in, And if you can't find that house, then you're just, they don't go. And some or people like, get cut. Yeah, exactly. Or you just prearrange it. Because, like, my birthday, I have this big house. Because I was mostly, now that I'm 40 or 50, my friends are in the same age group. I'm not mm-hmm. 40 or 50, y'all. It's just a joke. Right. But <laughs> I don't want any of my friends to have uncomfortable accommodations. So if I'm inviting 10 people, I'm looking for, you know, the amount of bedrooms that will suffice and all of that. And so I ended up having an extra person who, you know, had to sleep on the couch. And I was like, oh, this is the only person that's paying a different amount. But everybody else is like, this is what it is. Right. But I'm going to keep the person organizing the trip, get in the bigger room. That's just standard. And if you're in, if you're a couple, like, hopefully that all the beds will be at least full and above. So it yeah. won't be any problems. But sometimes, you know, in these Airbnbs, there's like bunk beds and, and twin bed setups that are weird. So I get why people would be like, oh, I hate this. But like, don't come. Yeah. Agreed. And I'm totally with you that like if you had a setup where everybody's in a bedroom or everybody has like their own bed and there's a person on a couch, I think that like that's great. That's that's like that's when I'm like, okay with that. But most Airbnbs, the couch is usually also considered part of the sleeping arrangements. Mm -hmm. You know what what I mean? Because most couches are like pull out or whatever. But I just I think that the person organizing needs to get the room that they want. Or if it's yeah, like whoever's birthday it because is, like also, if you organize a trip for the birthday person, the birthday person deserves the room because it's there. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's yeah. I'm on the same. I'm on yeah. the same page. Well, Adam. Yeah. Can you believe that Danielle. this? Like we definitely like powered through this episode. I feel like the people that listen are like, wait, this is too fast. This better not be the end. Well, you know what? I just feel like we were really efficient because we've worked on our own Honestly, emotions. yeah. And because I've dealt with many of an emotional men, I think not that they're one note <laughs> or anything. No, but, they um, are. Unemotional men or emotionally closed off men. It's like it's not much that you can drag out of that because it's like, sir, it's up to you at this point. Yeah, yes. pull it together. You got to pull it right. together and pull the emotions out. Get the demons out. Yeah, and there's nothing strong about not expressing how you feel. There is no strength Oof. in that because it limits you from the experiences you can exactly. have. Exactly. All of that energy that you're putting into appearing strong, you could you could put it into enjoying what you're actually doing. That's it. It doesn't have to. It doesn't have to be difficult or strenuous or anything like that. And I think. Um, if you can just lean into like childhood you and how emotionally free you were, then yeah. hopefully you were and not stifled or mm-hmm. told to stop crying. <laughs> right. Yes. But honestly, another one of those much needed conversations. And I love that we were allowing ourselves to be open around the topic of emotion and emotions, especially when it funnels through men. Adam, what do you what do you think is your favorite yeah. takeaway? I mean, I think my favorite takeaway is l- learning that, like, when uh, we have this conversation, like, learning that I'm not the only person who really wants to be able to express my emotions, but sometimes I even close them off from mm-hmm. myself. 
And that actually makes me feel better. Yeah, and sometimes it causes Adam to make up complete lies. Right, which I, I'm going to keep doing, right? We need to dig into that. No, don't do that. We need to dig into to that. Okay. Oh, <laughs> all right. Maybe I'll start telling the truth. That was Maybe. my favorite takeaway is that literally we are, <laughs> me and Adam are works in progress. And sometimes we get these episodes and it's stuff that we are dealing with or avoiding in our own lives. And it really makes us like yeah. in real time. And so my favorite takeaway is that sometimes <laughs> we get to gag ourselves in real time with these episodes. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we're going to lie. Sometimes you're going to lie. Oh, boy. Well, Danielle, that is our time for today. Yes. Everybody, thank you so much. We really love it. You guys are rating, commenting, and subscribing. Yeah, we we really love all the work that you guys are doing, and we love doing this podcast. Please make sure that you rate, comment, and subscribe wherever you listen to your it. podcasts. You can reach out to us on social media, and you can tell us what you want and what you think needs to be normalized. My handles are at Adam Rip on Instagram and at Adam Rip on, on Twitter. Danielle, where can people find you? Where can they DM you things to be normalized? The people can at me at Twitter at Rapsodanny and the Danielle Young on Instagram. Slide in them DMs. You know, I love it when you do that romantically and otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a DM is getting you on, on a vacation. You never know what is in them DMs. Slide yourself on in yours and see what's there. Please continue to let right. us know what you think about this show. Keep rating it. Keep commenting. Keep subscribing. Share it with your friends. And let us know all the things that we haven't covered yet that you want to see normalized. Because we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Adam, is that all for now? Yeah, that's all for now. We'll see you next time on Normalize This. Until, Until then. then. Adam, please get those de- those lion demons out of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, we'll see you next time. Maybe I'll be a truth teller by then, I hope. Bye. Bye. Hey, listeners, we want to hear from you. Make sure you're following at Make Spring Hill on all platforms for weekly show updates.